Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining me on The Wellspring. I'm your host, Talia, and I have some pretty exciting news that does not regard the corona. Drumroll. So, from here on in, my husband, Chris, will be joining me on these episodes. Hello, world. Hello, 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 world. So, that is exciting news <laughs> to me. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know how to English. <laughs> English is good. So, I hope you are all excited to hear that as much as I was excited to tell you. So... Aside from that, I hope you are all enjoying your quarantine time home. <laughs> I have to say that word slowly because apparently I don't know how to say it very well. So with that said, we will be speaking today about what love is not. But we will be speaking about... Oh, man. Man, guys, I'm so sorry. This is like our third time going through this and... I just can't can't do this very well. So, a lot of breaks and cuts and actions and stuff like that. So, y'all are just going to get the raw version. So, we're just going to go with it. All right. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Cue the man. <laughs> All right. But, yeah. There's so one reason to get you a husband. It's <laughs> to get him to read you New King James Version uh, of the Bible. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah. Just uh, before we get into the, the passage, just remembering that, just looking at it here, like obviously like the world like can tell us a lot of things that love is and what it's supposed to be, but really we need to realize that love is not a lot of things. And I think it's really profound here because this uh, passage in Corinthians, pretty much half of it says what love is not. So just, it's kind of funny that like the Lord has to be that specific to us and tell us what love isn't, but we kind of need to be reminded of that. So, so I'm just going to go ahead and read. So we're in New King James, but verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So, yeah. Like we said, there's a lot of knots in there, so we'll probably be talking a little bit about it today. Obviously, we won't get into all of it, and we'll get into all the details, mm -hmm. but if it's on your guys' heart, anything that stands out to you specifically, feel free to just meditate on those things. We know that when the Lord yeah. brings things to our hearts, it's normally always for a reason, <laughs> so don't uh, don't ignore it. So, yeah. Sure. So, I will think I'll leave it to my wife to get started on the conversation here she has a lot more notes than me so yeah i do not about it. <laughs> she does <laughs> but we men we don't like to write a lot oh well, maybe that's not true but i don't like to write a lot <laughs> so if your name is micah <laughs> if yeah. you're listening <laughs> <laughs> that'd be funny <laughs> hopefully he's not listening to this he probably won't ever talk to me again anyway <laughs> um <laughs> before we talk about what love is let's talk about what love is not so hopefully within the next couple of episodes we'll talk about what love is and hopefully that'll actually come from a you know a marriage perspective so yeah. this may not be a super cliche teaching but in all seriousness um paul in first corinthians is showing us exactly what love does not do 
Um, and I encourage each of you to think about these things. Begin to ask yourselves, is this my heart? Is this in my friendships, relationships, um, and the way that I see people? Because we all know, and we hear it often, um, the way that our relationship flows, you know, with the Lord is how, you know, we act with, you know, and towards people. So sometimes our hearts can go so unexamined, we, um, we stop asking the Lord to reveal the ugliness in our hearts. And I believe that we're a generation and a people that every day and consistently we need to hear how, how broken and, and how ugly we are, um, that we're all sinners. Um, and that should not come with guilt, shame, and condemnation, however. It should look like conviction, redemption, and grace. Does that make sense? Remember, I remember when uh, I used to work at this this said place, and <laughs> my heart was, was so hard towards this one person, and I was always asking myself um, why I was this way. Um, and the main reason why I was this way is because I was coveting um, this person. Um, I was jealous, and... I didn't want to acknowledge that, and that was hard. Um, so it took me to hit, obviously, rock bottom to get myself, you know, talking to the Lord about what is it that I could do to make this friendship work better than what it was working towards. Um, and I'm not, I know that I'm not the only one who's been in this situation, but when we are in those types of situations, it's hard to go to the Lord and, and pray what you got. I love that Matt Chandler says that. You know, when you're feeling jealous, you're feeling ugly, you're, you're feeling beat down, you know, you just got to pray what it is you have. Um, so, um, in all honesty, it's ignorance because we try to avoid what it is that it, it is in our hearts, the, the, the dirtiness and the, the, the deceitfulness. Um, I was saying and thinking things that revealed the intent of my heart and my relationship with my Lord. This is important because we often times think things that reveal our hearts yet refuse to approach the Lord with flips page like I said a lot more notes than me <laughs> um, it's okay to go to the Lord with what you got so um, for starters I want to I guess open up to Proverbs 27 4 because this is something that I guess struck me <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I recently got a flip phone, and <laughs> this is no she advertisement. <laughs> this is no the advertisement, but yes, it's been the best switch ever. So Proverbs 27.4 says, Wrath is cruel and anger a torrent, but who is able to stand before jealousy? So he says, love does not envy, um, which is practically jealousy, Um and I've noticed, uh, ever, especially ever since being married, that I'm such a jealous person. Obviously towards Christopher, but even so, just because you're married, that, that doesn't justify that act of jealousy. It, it's a bad thing, um, but it's something that has to be done just daily. I'm going to the Lord about acting this way and acting that way. So, Yeah, and I think it's really important for those of us who are married and those of us who are getting ready to be married that, if anything, like we think of marriage and like how like people think like, oh, my problems are just going to be fixed like in marriage and the Lord will just work things out. Well, it's actually complete opposite. The Lord uses marriage to show you just how sinful of a creature you actually yeah. are. Yeah. So that was something that the Lord really showed. And I know T's going to touch on it more, but just, just the jealousy that she had 
whether it was about me or others towards me, but also the jealousy that I have of her is just amplified in a relationship and especially yeah. in a marriage relationship. And those things that we are jealous of our spouse over, we really have to be cautious to not allow it to, to sit in our hearts because if we allow it to sit there, it's just going to turn into yeah. a really, really ugly thing until one day it just blows up. And plus it's just great obviously one being open and honest with the lord about these things but when you can really create an environment where you can be open and honest with your spouse like we always <laughs> tell people about how important communication is but yes. without communication there's no way for another human being to know where your heart is at right god he's different he can see our hearts and we can just speak to him about our hearts and our heads we don't have to like it's not very hard it's not very like scary in a sense maybe i know for some people they do struggle with going to god so maybe for some people it's scary but for someone like me like i can literally sit and have a conversation with the lord all day where i'm at how i'm doing it's not hard but when it's reaching out to a person and telling them how you feel that's a completely mm, different thing for different. me yeah. and so yeah just remembering that that is definitely something that we have to remember that we have to communicate those things and even the things that we don't want to tell our spouse but that's when we get to show each other grace and we get to be the Lord to our spouse. So. Yeah. And that grace is hard to show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, love is not jealous. So that means when when that girl at Dunkin' Donuts tells Chris to have a nice day, <laughs> when Chris rolls up that window, I don't got to be like, well, have a nice day. And girls don't, you know. I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a work in, in progress, yo. Yeah. But Usually they are just being polite. Just, just, just going to say <laughs> yes, that. Usually, usually they, they are, are just being but polite. But like I said, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Occasionally it might be, but most of the time, no. But that's so funny. All right, and Paul goes on to say, love does not parade itself, and it is not puffed up. I've never been someone to kind of, I've never, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm a prideful person as is, especially as single as I may be, but. I've never been someone to, who wants to be noticed for her works. Um, but it's funny because, you know, when, when you're married, you kind of you want your significant other to, to notice what it is that you're doing for them. So for, for Paul to say that is kind of, it's almost shocking um, because you want to be noticed. I mean, I think um, as individuals, we all have that ingrained in our, in our veins somewhere, somehow. You know, it's it's what we thrive off of. We love attention. We're self-seeking. You know, we're prideful. We're boastful. Um, so it's 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 what we what we want. In all honesty, we want to be noticed. We want to be coddled and and catered towards. So. Yeah, just with. It's funny. We were even just talking about it earlier today. I can't remember the exact context of it. If you remember, so we heard okay. maybe we did. Just with um, with just that thought of just always wanting to be noticed and oh that's what it was um trying to see if i can talk about this publicly trying not to <laughs> make things too known and start talking about names but just certain relationships i'm in being around certain people obviously like we're to live onto the lord and especially being out in the world we're trying to live out to the lord well i feel like at least for me when i'm doing that i want people to notice and mm. in my heart i feel like it's just because i want them to see the lord so part of me wants to like wants to brag and like talk about the things I'm doing or talk about how good of a person I am, but that's a complete antithesis of what Paul's getting at here. He's saying how that's not what you're called to do. Right. You're not called to brag. You're not called to to bring these up. You're simply to to serve, and that's it. A servant does not speak. We look right. at a bond servant and how 
the apostles would call themselves bondservants of Christ. A bondservant would never dare to speak up to its master unless it was asked to speak first. Right. And just were to have that, obviously, that attitude not only towards Christ, but were to have that attitude to the world. We're called to serve all people. And obviously, there's times when we're called to speak, and don't get me wrong, we're, we're called to, to talk about Christ and to share Christ with others. But when it comes to the things that we do, the actions that we have, we shouldn't be, we just shouldn't be puffed up about it. We shouldn't be bragging about it. You know, and let's be honest, who likes to be around somebody who's always bragging about themselves all the time? That's not the type of person that is fun to be around, honestly. Hmm. And I guess that's really something to question yourself with. Do you see yourself as a humble person or do you see yourself as somebody who's always bragging, who's always talking about themselves? If anything, we shouldn't be talking about ourselves, but we should be talking about those around us and lifting them up, especially in a marriage relationship. We shouldn't ever be boasting about ourselves and boasting about what we're doing, but really we should be boasting about our spouse and what they're doing and the things that you see in them. And obviously that just goes on to motivate and encourage your spouse and really just causes them to want to do more and to want to serve more and to want to love more. And mm-hmm. ultimately that's what Christ does for us on a daily level, you know? Right. And we'll get into a little more of that later and what I'll talk about. But And that's just funny because you can honestly take that and just think that there's no reason why we would ever have to boost about who we are and what we've accomplished because, you know, we have the Lord and the fruit of our labor is going to show that anyway. So, um, and that's just, that should be bring smiles to all of our faces anyway. Like I have the Lord, you know, what's, you know, if if there's going to be anything I boast about, then let it be about the Lord. So moving on verse five. Sorry. Love suffers long in its kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. Verse 5. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own and is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Man, that last part. Thinks no evil. Like we all think evil. (laughs) Even before this, it was like, oh, there were some evil thoughts in my mind. (laughs) And then (laughs) there's not one day that goes by. It's like not thinking evil. You know, so it's, it's, so even just in that in itself, it's like, that's not love. That's not who the Lord is. It, it's almost impossible to go one day without thinking evil thoughts because our minds have to be consistently, you know, devoted to the Lord about what it is we're thinking, what it is we're, we're watching, what it is we're talking about, what it is we're, we're thinking. It's just, it's a consistent thing. It's funny just with, that was one of the, uh, pretty much the main thing that I wanted to talk about, but, mm-hmm. and definitely, like, applicably when it comes to relationships and when it comes to those we're trying to love on, we're not, we're not called to think on, like, those, those bad things about people, those wicked things, we're not called to, to think on those wicked and earthly thoughts, but on things above, and even towards the end of uh, this passage in verse 7, it says, how it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, so we're called to to hope in the good things or what a person could become or what they could be like. We're not called to think on the negatives and stuff like that. But really, I've uh, just been able to look at this verse a lot. And I love uh, Guvit's take on uh, David Guzik's take on it. And when he looks at uh, the original language and the li- original translation of this part of the text, he says how love does not store up the memory of any wrong it has received. So that's basically what it means when it's saying it thinks no evil. You're not storing up any memory that a wrong has been committed against you with. And obviously, like, that just makes us think of Christ. 
Like you can look at uh, Psalm 103:12. Jesus cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. Or Psalm 51, the Psalm of Repentance, and it talks about being washed so clean of our sin that there's no previous stain of sin. We're washed as white as snow, even though our hands were blood red before. And if anybody knows anything about blood, it's very hard to clean. Mm. But once when we're washed, we're washed completely clean. And I'm probably just going to hit on this for (laughs) for a little bit of time here, just this point. But really that is something that's so important in our relationships is making sure that we're not storing up the memories of wrongs that have been committed against us. And especially in relationships, again, just going off a marriage relationship, it's easy to store up those things, you know, and not only is it easy to store up those things, thinking about what your spouse did or did not do for you in the sense of what you wanted done, or you wish you would have did that, or, oh, you wish you wouldn't have done that and all these things, or mm-hmm. obviously vice versa if you're the woman in the relationship. But when you start to harbor those things in your mind, when you start to think on those things that they're not doing or that you're not happy about really it just puts your mind in that negative place it just causes you to stir up in anger and it starts you to stir up it causes you to stir up in strife and it causes you to every time you see the person all you can think about is the things they're not doing and it's kind of just like an endless like wheel that you just keep spinning on that you're stuck on that you can't get out of and i think a perfect example of the opposite of this is joseph we see just horrible things happen to Joseph basically in every sense of the way. And everybody knows the story of Joseph, whether it's the kids stories that we were taught at a church or obviously reading through Genesis. He's just such a, just a love character in scripture and obviously for good reasons. But at the, when he's in Egypt and when he finally gets past all of like his time in prison, when he gets past everything that happened to him with Potiphar's wife and all those things, when he's finally raised up, and he gets to have his two sons. He names the one son Manasseh or Manasseh. People always say his name differently, so I'm not sure how to specifically say it, but I like Manasseh. But, um, and not obviously to be confused with the, the kings that are in First Kings, but this is obviously the original Manasseh of the 12, 12 tribes and all that stuff. But anyway, Manasseh, the meaning of that means making forgetful. And the reason why Joseph, like scripture actually says this in uh, the story of Genesis, if you go back and read in it, it says because the Lord made him forgetful of what his brothers had done to him. And for obviously those of us who know the story, Joseph's brothers sold him to be a slave and they were, they almost killed him. And fortunately they didn't, but that's like a really awful and terrible thing. And probably one of the worst things you could do to a person, like honestly thinking about it, but the Lord allowed Joseph to become forgetful of those things. He allowed him to put those things aside to say, you know what? What happened to me happened to me. It's done with. It's over with. It's not something that I'm going to allow to hold me down anymore. That's not going to keep me from loving. And I think it's just so beautiful because notice how I love the definition because it says love does not store up the memory of any wrong it has received. So it's not that Joseph doesn't recognize that what happened to him was wrong. He knew what was wrong. He knew what his brothers did was a terrible thing. He's not excusing their behavior by any means. He's not saying that it was okay that they did that. He's simply choosing to forgive and forget. And that's a big thing. And I know my wife has talked about forgiveness and reconciliation in the past with our podcast. And something that's so important with forgiveness. And I think a lot of what this part of Corinthians is getting at is the forgetfulness that comes with true forgiveness, that comes with forgiveness in Christ. 
and it really is impossible without him. So if you're trying to forgive and forget someone without the Lord, then you're probably not being able to do so because it, in my opinion, it is impossible without the Lord, just from my experience personally. I just know there's been people that I've harbored things against. I'm even thinking now of a story when me and my wife first started dating, there was a, a time when we were in our, I can't remember where we were. I think we were at her house. She was staying with, uh, with a couple of friends of hers at the time. But we were reading through scripture and all of a sudden the Lord just like flooded me with emotion and all this stuff. And I started breaking down crying. And Still does that. I realized that there was, a, um, there was a person who bullied me when I was a kid. And I had never, like I had forgiven him, but I never forgot about the things that he had done to me. Sure, I might have forgiven him in, in person or something like that, but I was still harboring the feelings. I was still harboring all the things he and said about me. And all I could me. do in that moment was just, like, <laughs> hold him. Just like a, like a little bye-bye. But it was a crazy moment. And, again, it wasn't the fact that I was necessarily saying that what the person did to me was okay. Obviously, the way he was treating me was never right as a child, but it was the fact of, that I was choosing to not forget about those things. I wasn't letting go of the things that he had done to me. And then once when the Lord had brought that on me and I had finally chose to forget about those things, just so much healing came over my heart and it was just a wonderful thing. But just that whole point of knowing that because there's a very big difference with the world and kind of like I brought it up in the beginning of the podcast, how the world views love. The world, when we look at sin, right? The Lord, or the, <laughs> the Lord, I'm so sorry, Lord. The world doesn't, the world wants to excuse sin. It wants to say somebody is sinning, but that's okay. And I'm going to love them anyway. That's the wrong approach. We don't say that sin is ever okay. Obviously, the topic of homosexuality is a big one. We never approach homosexuality with saying that, you know what? It's okay, and I'm going to love the person anyway. That's the wrong approach. Homosexuality is wrong. It's a sin before God. Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for that sin. That's how serious it was, and we need to remember that. However, despite of that person being in their sin, despite of who that person is I'm going to love them anyway. And there's a big difference between those two things. And I love, um, for those of you who know uh, John and Regina Schaefer, we were at the Schaefer's one time, and John just kind of was harboring on this with us but for a little bit. But he said how um, grace doesn't say that doing wrong is right, but rather says I'll love and come alongside you despite being wrong. And just something that we really have to remember. And I just love how good, taking it back to Joseph, after Jacob, Joseph, and his brother's fathers had died, his brothers, like, got together, and they thought, oh, now that, that our father's dead, like, Joseph's going to come after us now. He's going to, he's still probably mad at us for what we did with him, like, years ago, and he's probably going to come against us, and he might, like, throw us in prison, or who knows what he's going to do. Right. So, they, like, <laughs> they come to him, like, begging for his forgiveness all over again, and Joseph's, like, I feel like I could see his face almost, just like, what are you guys talking about? Like, he had completely forgotten about all that, and he's just like, guys, like... No, like, I don't, like, you really don't understand. Like, I don't care about that anymore. I don't, I'm not harboring that anymore. And, like, I love that because you don't see at any point in the conversation that he has with his brothers, he doesn't say how, oh, it was okay what you guys did or anything like that. Or he doesn't say you guys did the right thing in the right moment or anything like that. He just simply says how he's forgotten about it, how it's not something that he's thought on anymore, that it's something that he's forgiving them on, and he's chosen to to just move on. And obviously, the just this such a picture of Christ and what he's done for us. Just think of the adulterous woman and how obviously being an adulteress, she's caught in a sin. And according to the law, she was called to be stoned. So the Pharisees yeah. say, go ahead, stone her. You know, that she's committed the sin and she's guilty. 
and obviously which is hysterical because we know to do the tangle you need two to tangle so it's just kind of funny <laughs> to think that yeah. <laughs> they obviously didn't bring the male who was there a lot of people think obviously that was just part of the pharisees plan but regardless of the fact of this woman knew what she did was wrong she was broken by it, and we see that by just her uh, interaction that she had with jesus but jesus calling her to go and sin no more jesus knew what she did was wrong but he said you're just going to go and you're not going to do this any longer and mm -hmm. he did not condemn her he did not hold anything over her and again just another thing that kind of hinges on this thinks no evil is it love does not condemn and that's something that i think condemnation comes so easily when we do store up memory of things that we've received from others that are wrong and we're so quick to condemn we're so quick to tell people the things that they've done wrong but love does not condemn if anything the lord has shown me this past year is that his love does not condemn he does not come to us in our sin and tell us how wicked we are and how tellable we are and how we're never going to become anything greater no he comes to us and says i know you've done this thing and i know that you realize it's wrong but we're going to start again we're going to start a new day and you're going to be a transformed person you're going to be a new creation in me and we're going to get through this and i'm going to going to take you through this just know that i have forgiven you and i still love you regardless of the fact that you've done this and even if like for those of us who who love the gospels just reading through matthew we see in matthew chapter 5 just in the judgment how the unsaved will be judged for their sins but we who are saved will be judged for our works and it's so crazy to think about like we're literally not going to be judged for our sins like that's something that even i struggle to actually like hold on to like guys we're not going to be judged for our sins like when we're in heaven like the lord like that's not even going to be on his mind like he's literally forgotten about our sins like just think about that thought for a second like that's like crazy to think about like he's not even, we're gonna get to heaven and he's literally not even gonna be bringing up he's not gonna be talking about our sin <laughs> It's just like, it's so mind-blowing to think about because we always think like, oh, like how many times have I committed this sin over and over again if, for those of us who are struggling with repetitive sins or yeah. just, just terrible things that we've done. Like maybe you've just really hurt someone and it's just something that's constantly plagued your heart for years and it's just something that's been so hard for you to receive forgiveness over. Guys, the Lord's forgiven you and we can walk in His, in his forgiveness yeah. and that's just a wonderful thing. And Thank you, Jesus. It's just, it's just grace. That's all it is. And that's really what this comes down to, is showing grace to those who do wrong. Not responding in what they deserve. Obviously, all of us like deserving hell, you know, Jesus. Yeah. Dying in our place, showing us grace that we might inherit eternity. And obviously, we can't give anybody eternity like our Lord can, but we can certain, certainly show them love and show them compassion. So... And another thing is that, uh, I guess I like hear it often, but you don't have to be in a relationship to know what, I guess, this love consists of and, and does not do or does not do. Um, and I guess that's a, a common misconception. Um, like, I guess you hear people like often, like, I'd be able to love better if I was with so-and-so or had said person next to me. If, if you can't love your brothers, you can't forgive your sister, you can't love your neighbor, friend, so on and so forth, um, then love will be the hardest thing to do when you get in, you know, a relationship or even if you go to church or attend church, like love's going to be the hardest thing for you, partner. Um, but we think this way because that's what the world tells us, um, that love 
might be uh, a stepping stone, you know, if we, you know, get inside these relationships and if we commit and devote ourselves to them. Um, because we think, you know, love is something you do rather than what you are. Love is more than just, you know, handing out compliments and breath mints um, at a Sunday service. <laughs> um, it requires you with a willful and desire-filled heart to be love. And how does it require you to be that? Um, you must look upon Christ, for Christ is love. If you want to learn how to love, look and believe upon Christ. And that is the only way. We as believers, we as people who were once lost, who had no idea who the heck Jesus was, um, that is how we, you know, learn how to love and still are in the process of. Because I know I'm not perfect at it, yet I know that every day I struggle with the idea of how to love more and more like Christ. Yeah, I think that's, a, <laughs> that's pretty much something that every believer struggles with and will always struggle with is yeah. learning to love more. And I mean, that should always be the desire of our hearts. If it's not your desire, I would strongly suggest that you pray for that, yeah. you know, because obviously we can't attain that on our own. We can't come to love more through our own strength, or maybe we can for a little while, but we'll just get burnt out and it won't last. But through the Lord's strength, we can. Yeah. And even reading through Isaiah 40 today, me and my wife got to read through that this morning, and just remembering who the Lord is and how powerful he is. If you want to know how great our God is, just read Isaiah 40. It's pretty wonderful. But just remembering that he can always just give us that ability to continue to love and to grow in that love. And who better to show us how to love than the Lord, you know? Right. So. All right. All right. Verse six, love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bum, bum, bum. And <laughs> I wanted to turn to uh, Genesis 16 um, and camp there for a little bit. I, I guess recently while doing this whole study of what love is not, I found this story of of Sarah and Abraham to be so hysterical to me because it clearly shows what love is not, and it was just it was just so funny to me. So I'll, I'll uh, briefly, I guess, summarize, um, I guess, what's going on in Genesis 16. So um, as we know, Abraham and Sarah have not given birth to a child yet and over and over Abraham has received promise from the Lord that you know that promised son is coming um and it's been years and years and um basically Sarah gets pretty tired and she's practically old as dust now and <laughs> <laughs> she's like I'm only getting older um mind you this is I think this is only like 10-15 years after Abraham received the promise from the Lord about his promised son. Well, that's a pretty long time, so, 10 or 15 years. But I, I know, but it's for them <laughs> there. half our lifetime. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> so he receives, you know, this promise, yet, um, uh, you know, Sarah gives, you know, his word to Abraham, like, you know, just take Hagar and go into her and, and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we then know what happens after that. So she says, uh, she's, she tells Abraham about Hagar and stuff like that. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. But I, I, lo <laughs> I love what Sarah says. She says, then Sarah said to Abraham, my wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. 
So um, I love that that was Sarah's response. Only because she was obviously bitter and angry that Hagrid obviously conceived. She wasn't expecting that. Um, and she was obviously jealous. She was obviously angry, bitter. Uh, you name it, she was probably that. Um, and she was obviously coveting. Like, that's what she wanted. Why didn't she get that? And it's funny enough that shortly after, you know, Hagrid conceives, then Sarah shortly conceives after. But um, I, I can't help but think that if, if Sarah would not have told Abraham the words of go into my maidservant, you know, you know, have her for, you know, her embrace. If they would have just waited, obviously, then, you know, no sooner or later than would the Lord have given them their child. But I also th think about the, the, the deception and the lies that were going between um, Abraham and Sarah, because if Sarah would have honestly just went to Abraham and said, look, I'm, I'm getting tired of this. I'm getting tired of waiting. And who knows? Maybe she did. But as far as we know, they were both tired of waiting, and Sarah was just like, here, just take her. Um, so it's funny that um, chapter 6 of First Corinthians says what it says because um, they both gave up at that point, and they weren't relying on the Lord and his promises. Um, and honestly, when it speaks about what love is, our love should be completely and 100% you know, dependent on the Lord and, and not on our own flesh, non, not on my spouse, not on my roommate, not on my parents, it's it's all upon the Lord, and that's where it flows from. So when we find ourselves weak in that, when we, you know, find ourselves behaving rudely or, or not trusting or boasting or prideful or jealous or coveting, any of those things that our hearts so wickedly do, then we need to realize that we're, we're running on E, and we need to be going to the Lord. Kind of just tied into... Just what I was talking about earlier, when we're doing things in our own strength, we can maybe last a little while, but the flesh is weak, and yeah. we know we can only love so much on our own. And if anything, that's just that's just like the humble reminder, and even Talia talking about it earlier, just how we are sinful creatures, and how we do need to constantly remind ourselves that, and constantly remind ourselves that the love that we we show people, or that we're at least attempting to show people, if it's the love of Christ that we're trying to show others is only possible through the Lord. And just something that we constantly have to remind ourselves of. And it's a daily walk. Something that, again, has come up kind of recently for us is just remembering that this walk is a daily walk and we need, to need, we need to be saved by Christ daily in order to be able to love like he does. So. Yeah. So, so that was just... Um, I guess an entryway into, you know, our next episode of What Love Is. Um, I hope you guys will stay tuned um, for the next couple of episodes and things like that. If there is anything in specific that you guys would like to hear, please feel free to leave us a comment, email us, um, subscribe, or um, leave a comment on the website, anything like that. Um, we're here to listen to what you guys have to say. So please feel free to leave some feedback, anything like that. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, you can give us a shout out. No, I'm kidding. Don't give shout outs. <laughs> do, do people still do that? Like, I don't know. Just yeah, I feel like people yeah, do. Yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, I'm Chris. And I'm Talia. Exactly. <laughs>
<laughs> um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for taking a listen, and we hope that you were blessed by this. Have a blessed day, guys, and stay nice and healthy. See you guys. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>